welcome our new sponsor to the Man at 50 podcast, Scars and Stripes Coffee Company. They empower veterans to build their own business using their e-commerce platform. When you purchase from Scars and Stripes Coffee, you are buying from a veteran, and your purchase directly impacts the men and women who have served our country. Do more than say, thank you for your service. Order today and empower a veteran. Use vet code Brad Richard at scarsandstripescoffee.com. That's scarsandstripescoffee.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Man at 50 podcast. I'm your host, S. Richard, author of the book, Man at 50, A Journey of Crisis, Revelation, and Survival. So let's get started on the Man at 50 podcast, a podcast that is for you, your little person within you, your hopes, your dreams, and hopefully a new plan for the future. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Man at 50 podcast. I'm your host, Brad Richard, and I am very excited uh, to be doing this episode today. Uh, We have entered into kind of a partnership with a publishing company. Uh, Their name is something or another, something or other uh, publishing. And we are featuring three of their authors on the Man at 50 podcast today. So uh, I'm real excited about that. Uh, this is going to be a great episode with a lot of uh, a lot of good information, and uh, we'll we'll just uh, move forward with with that. But you're in for a treat. We have three separate authors on the show with uh, with me today, and they are all with uh, uh, they're all published with something or other publishing, um, S O O P uh, suit for short. So uh, I'm going to bring on my first author. Her name is Krista Lynn. Uh, Vitovich, and let me see if I can bring her on the call with us, and we will get started. I am here. Hello. Oh, it's it's nice to nice to have you on the call. Uh, I just kind of did our intro here. Um, told the listeners about uh, the something or other publishing company, and uh, you are one of three authors that we're going to be talking to today on the Man of Fifty podcast. And I've never done three authors or three interviews back to back in one episode. So uh, cross my fingers and my toes and everything else and my eyes that uh, we don't have any technical difficulties. But, you know, if we do, we'll just push push on through it. Um, did I pronounce your, your last name correctly? It's Vitovich? It's Vitovich. Vitovich. See, I yep. knew I was... I knew I was going to butcher it. You know, I was like, it, uh, I'll just wing it. But uh, okay. Uh, oh, I've but, heard worse. Don't worry. <laughs> Vitovich. Okay. Vitovich. Yep. You know, I know that you have published many different books. Um, and, and I think uh, looking at your, like your bio and your website, um, would you say that the, the books that you have published, do they kind of all have a metaphysical, a metaphysical theme to them? Yeah, they tend to be of the uh, the fantasy genre with different levels of metaphysical uh, implementation. Some are more fantasy with crystals and things like that, and others are more just paranormal urban fiction. Um, yeah, because I was looking at that, and uh, there were so many of them that looked inter- interesting. Um, Thank you. And in the show notes uh, for you and the other two authors, we're going to have links to your website so people can get to know you, they can connect with you online, and definitely... Um, pick up one or multiple copies of your book. So that's uh, that's what we would like the listeners to do. 
I think the book that I would like to talk about today, um, well, actually, it's a short story. And mm -hmm. uh, the short story is called Till the Battle's End. Mm -hmm. And that was included in a anthology. Is that what they called it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 25 servings of soup. So mm -hmm. it's 25 short stories with the publisher, something or other. And so it's 25 servings of soup. Uh, and you were one of those servings of soup with your short story, Till the Battle's End. Tell us yes. a little bit about that story without giving the whole thing away, but can you tell us a little bit about it and what, uh, what led you to write it? Sure. So Till the Battle's End is a very short story. It's actually classified as flash fiction. So if you are someone who likes a really gripping story, but in a very digestible read, that's the kind of thing we're looking at with this story. And it's about Charlie and the Beast. And it's their ongoing battle that Charlie doesn't actually want to win. And in the end, you find out what exactly that battle really is and why she's not ready to win it yet. And the inspiration came to me when, with a, another publisher for one of my previous books, I was challenged in a competition of our publishing house's authors to write flash fiction using a certain type of word or certain numbers of words. So I sat down and I thought, well, what can I write about? And this poured out onto the page in 20 minutes. And it was just whole and complete. And after a little bit of editing was till the battle's end. It, it sounds like a really cool uh, short story. Um, I have a hard time with the longer books. Um, I mean, my own book, my, my autobiography was fairly short. It, it, you know, like I, I'm not a Stephen King reader. I can't read the, or Harry Potter. I mean, I just can't read really super long books. So um, I am going to pick up a copy of the 25 servings of soup because, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I, I think that would be awesome uh, to have short stories with, uh, with real impact and meaning. So that's, that's really cool. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, folks, if you want to read Crystal uh, Lynn's short story, Till the Battle's End, uh, you can pick up a copy of The 25 Servings of Soup, and uh, we'll, have, we'll have a link you know, for that book in the show notes as well, uh, along with a lot of other stories. Um, what is your other, uh, do you have another publication that you're currently working on? And can you tell us a little bit about what your most recent one? Sure. So I actually um, have three publishings happening the rest of this year. Just last week, I released um, my first nonfiction book called Driven Fearless about holistic tips and lifestyle tips to uh, conquer anxiety before it happens. Wow. I'm also going to be in the next iteration of 25 Servings of Soup with my story, The Will, which is imagining if there was a physical book that had God's plan in it where only one person could read it, but everybody wanted to get their hands on it. And then later this year, I'll be releasing another nonfiction book called Writing the High Vibe Hero's Journey, which is my approach at structuring, formatting, and writing a story that is fiction, but offers emotional and, and mental health benefits. So your play, uh, so you, you kind of have a buffet. <laughs> yes, yes. Of, of varying lengths, varying genres, yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, that's that's incredible and they can find out more information about what you're doing between now and the end of the year um at your website i mean everything yes. is there okay cool yep i, I wanted to back up um 
Um, I know that you're going to be on with me for uh, approximately 20 minutes um, before the next author comes on. So I, I don't want to run out of time. Um, mm -hmm. Could we back up to the book, uh, The Holistic Healing, the sure. first one that you mentioned? And let's mm -hmm. talk a little bit more about that. Um, I'm trying to, you know, kind of tie that in uh, to the show. And that sounds really interesting to me. So can you tell me and the listeners a little bit more about that? Sure. So Driven Fearless is the complete roadmap to conquering your fears and driving forward. So what I do with Driven Fearless is I compare life to driving on the road. And sometimes you have an accident and the effects of that accident go on to uh, impact the way that you drive from that moment on. So what we do with Driven Fearless is we acknowledge all the things that may have led to unwanted anxiety. And I show you tips using um, metaphysical practices, using practical practices. I like things that I can get my hands on and do and practice from day to day. So simply manifesting didn't appeal to me as much. I wanted to understand how manifesting worked step by step. I wanted to understand how meditation worked step by step, how all of these ways that you could really ground yourself and avoid and also conquer anxiety, which is also very intangible. I wanted to put those in a book. And what I did was at the end of every chapter, there is a pit stop exercise that helps you apply what we talk about in each chapter to your own life so that by the end, you have your own personalized roadmap to success in overcoming any anxieties that you have. Wow, that is super powerful. Um, tell us the title again. It is Driven Fearless, The Complete Roadmap to Conquering Your Fears and Moving Forward. Wow, My, myself included, there are so many of us that uh, have anxiety right now with everything that's going on uh, in our mm -hmm. country. Um, a lot of changes and a lot of a lot of um, uncertainty. So uh, you know, uh, it's obvious that anxiety is is very high, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so um, yeah, that that sounds like an amazing, amazing book. Let me let me ask you a question, and I always tell my guests the same thing: if if a question's uncomfortable, um, you can skip it, mm -hmm. uh, you can pass uh, and go to the next question, but. Um, can you go back uh, a little bit for me and tell me a little bit about your childhood and um, your, your hopes and dreams and what did you want to be as a little girl? So funny enough, in my childhood, I, um, when I was 10, I didn't have a car accident. I had brain surgery. <laughs> wow. So I had a 10 hour long brain surgery. And around that time, I was introduced to someone who taught me my first introduction to energy therapy or holistic healing. And since then, I have gotten myself certified in 15 different forms of it so that I could give a well-rounded uh, gift to anyone who comes to me for healing or astrology or just advice. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so that's, that's my background. But what I've always wanted to be was an author. I want to help people when they feel safest in this world that they've decided to escape into, I want them to feel like a hero. And beyond that, I want them to feel like in the world that they come back to once the book closes, they can still be that hero. I want the book to teach them how to feel like a hero in everyday life, which is not necessarily not having fear, but pushing through the fear to see what's on the other side, mm -hmm. because fear all too often makes us stop. And that's where I think we do ourselves an injustice. So the books I write are 
meant to be immersive. They're meant to help you get into that place where you feel like you're part of the story so that the story can continue with you and your life when the book closes. Mm -hmm. Oh, excellent. Well said, well said. Um, that's just a great perspective. And uh, you said, it, it, it's interesting, you said you were 10 years old when you had that surgery? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The, um, there's some similarities that, that just from a relatability standpoint, at the age of 10, I had a severe appendicitis. And I was hospitalized for 32 days for what they called a simple appendicitis. But for me, it was, it was almost deadly because the poison, when it ruptured, went throughout my whole body. And so uh, uh, at 10 years old, I had a near-death experience with, with that situation. Uh, and, and that just happened to be at the same age as your brain uh, surgery that you had. So uh, been there, done that, kind of, you know, I went through kind of a scary time at 10 as well. Um, also, I, I, I do have a strong belief and appreciation for metaphysics. A very large portion of my autobiography covers my second marriage. And my, my second wife was um, heavily into um, astrology and metaphysics. And it played a huge role. Uh, 22 years of my life, um, I was involved through her uh, in, that, in the metaphysical world and in what she did and, and, and in her practice. So I'm very familiar with that because uh, it was almost half of my life that I was uh, part of that. And so I can relate to that, that path that you're on as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with it, what you, um, you know, the terminology is not like, wow, what does that mean? I mean, I kind of get it. So yeah. I kind of know where, where you're going with that. With, uh, with that. So awesome. uh, I just, I wanted to put that out uh, for, for some relatability and, uh, and, and the point of view. So it sounds like to me in our last few minutes that, that we have you here on the podcast, it, you pretty much knew what you wanted to do at a very early age. Yes, I have always been um, pretty driven, <laughs> not always fearless, but pretty driven uh, when it comes to knowing the path that I felt called to walk. And so every once in a while, I'll, I'll stop and check in with myself, check in with God and just make sure it's still the path I'm supposed to walk on. And something happens in life that makes it clear. So I keep going and I just keep trusting the process. Life's a journey and I'm here for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's so important. I meet a lot of people, clients and people that I have on, on the podcast and, and friends and people that, I've, that I network with on, on social media platforms and Twitter and LinkedIn. As you know, there are so many people that are not on their childhood path. Mm. They are on an adult path. And that may be different than their childhood path. For me, it's, it's really exciting and it's heartwarming and it's, it's um, really great to meet an individual such as yourself that you're pursuing and you're moving through life and, and you've brought your childhood dreams with you and you're living them. And that's what I advocate, advocate to so many of, of, of my clients and my listeners is love your little me yeah. They're always with you. And if you're unhappy and you don't like the direction of your life, 
you need to go back to move forward and reconnect with that little person because that's where you're going to be the most happy. That's because that's where it all started. And then we all get sidetracked and we all get, you know, pushed right or left. And, and, um, and I just think that's key. I mean, I, I had to go back, I had to go back 50 years and reconnect with him before moving forward with my life and, and two marriages later and, and two sons later, you know, um, it, so it was a, it was a long journey backwards. <laughs> it was a long journey back to town, let me tell you. But um, I just, I want to commend you. You are an example of what um, I tell my listeners and I tell the people that I work with, you know, here's a lady that is pursuing her dreams. She is giving of herself to help others. And this is what she's always wanted to do. And she is fulfilled and she is happy and she is impacting the lives of many other people. And until you get to that place, things can be tough, you know, and, and, and it's, it's just, I mean, I know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And I'm pretty sure you know what you're going to do for the rest of your life. I think our, our, our ultimate goal for both of us, I think is to provide the most value to people that we can. And we, want, and we want them to join us uh, in their journey and moving forward. And, uh, you know, the, I, the, best, the best lesson I've learned, and I'm sure you have, obviously you have, is um, you have to give to others if, if you're ever going to really fully move forward. I mean, and, and I'm here to serve and so are you. So I'm, I'm inspired and I'm so happy that we, we could have you on the podcast. Um, it was just because the format of my podcast, um, you know, trust your little me, love your little me, take responsible for your little person. You're kind of like my poster girl for the show <laughs> because you're doing what you've always wanted to do. Uh, even though you had a lot of adversity, obviously, and pain and, and anxiety as a child. I mean, uh, we only have a couple minutes left. Can I ask what, what happened um, to precipitate the surgery that you had at 10? So, um, this is actually a great awareness opportunity and I appreciate it. I have a rare neurological syndrome called Moya Moya, M-O-Y-A, M-O-Y-A. And so I truly do not have circulation to some parts of my brain. So they needed to find a way to negotiate some more circulation so that I could survive. And uh, I'm one of the lucky cases who has been blessed with a full life regardless. And uh, so the surgery was extremely helpful, did save my life. I did pass away during surgery. I remember nothing, unfortunately, wow. but I'm here and I have a purpose and I appreciate you giving me the space to talk about it and just spread some awareness. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, thank you very, very much for being on the show. Uh, you're a warrior, you're a giver, and, uh, and I'm, I'm honored to have you on the show. So thanks so much. Um, it was folks, such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, folks, we have been speaking with uh, Krista Lynn v Vitovich. Krista Lynn Vitovich. Vitovich. I, I, mm -hmm. I, sorry. <laughs> um, Blame my parents. <laughs> yeah, I understand. But um, we've been talking with Krista Lynn, and we talked a little bit about her story, Till the Battle's End. Um, and she also has several books and several publications that are in the works between now and the end of the year. Um, 
we will have in the show notes her website and a way for you to connect with her and find out more about, uh, about this amazing lady and what she's doing. And uh, she is part of the Something or Other Publishing uh, Company um, and, and uh, doing just amazing things. So, uh, Crystal Lynn, thank you for being on the show. And uh, we'll, we'll be in touch, I'm sure. And uh, it, it was a pleasure. So um, have a great day and we'll be, uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you. I look forward to it. You have a wonderful day as well. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Okay, and we are um, going to be joined by uh, my second author. Um, his first name is Eric, and I'm going to let him pronounce his last name. So uh, let's go ahead and bring on Eric with us, and uh, he should be with us shortly. Uh, good afternoon, Eric. Are you with us? Is that working now? Oh, my, oh perfect. Couldn't be better. <laughs> Great. How are you, sir? I'm good. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Uh, we just finished up our first part uh, with, uh, with Krista Lynn uh, Vitojevic, and uh, she's an author with something or other publishing as well. And today okay. we have three of you on. Uh, and uh, at this moment, we're going to be talking with you. Now, I, I, I didn't want to attempt your last name because I okay. kind of butchered her last name when, when I brought her on. So, Eric, can you pronounce your last name for us? Yes, Monshine. Monshine. It means moonlight. Moonlight. It's Monshine. Oh, cool. <laughs> I like that. All right. Eric Monshine. Correct. Correct? Okay. Uh, you are also with uh, something or other publishing. And today I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, well, first of all, I want to talk about uh, your book, Life at 12 College Road, and as well as some other uh, general questions about um, previous books before that, and a little okay. bit, uh, a little bit of backstory, you know, about uh, who you are and what you're doing. Sure. So. There's also there's also one other recently published. It's a short story called uh, "Dinner at Grandma's," and it's in the publication Twenty Five Servings of Soup, which is a anthology of short stories, which just came out this spring. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we covered that in the first interview, and uh, and I didn't realize that. Uh, uh, dinner at Grandma's is is your contribution to the twenty five servings of soup. Correct. So we'll definitely make sure that um, we're going to have that book in the show notes and and where people can get that book in the show notes. Okay. Um, because I believe all three of my guests today are contributed to that. Um, I believe so. Along with, of course, all all of your own individual books. I, I, we're going to be talking for about twenty minutes. So first of all, welcome to the Man at Fifty podcast. It's a, it's a a pleasure to have you on, and I'm uh, real excited to work with uh, something or other publishing. Uh, we've kind of did a joint venture thing, and and uh, and it's it's great to be working with all of you as well as as uh, as Wade Franson. So well, it's great to be here. Yeah, tell us about your tell us about your book, uh, Life at Twelve College Road. Uh, it's an interesting title. Well, Life at 12 College Road is really just what it says. Uh, it's where I grew up, was at, in a house at 12 College Road. And the book is a, it's really a collection of 33 short stories, if you will, that are different aspects and adventures of my life as I grew up at 12 College Road. And literally, all the stories evolve, revolve around 
what happened at 12 College Road. So if you can look at them and, uh, as individual short stories that stand alone, or if you were to start at the beginning of the book, it shows in a way my growing up and, and coming of age. Wow, so I'm sure there is a lot of uh, nuggets of wisdom and, and things, uh, things that you learned along the way, uh, good times and bad. And so would you say it's like kind of a journaling of events well, that took place? No, I, I, you, you could say that, but it's more of, think of it more as a mosaic of, of different aspects of my life taken at, at, in brief glimpses of moments of time from being young to being a youth to being a teenager. And it really, I grew up in the 50s and 60s. And this really takes a look at what life was like then. At the same time, though, all of us, no matter what age we live in, go through almost the same things growing up. Some of the tools and, and, and instruments we may have along the way will be different. But the same issues of, of, of wondering uh, about life and who we are and how do we fit in and do I have friends? Do they like me? What do I need to do? Am I good? Am I bad? What do my parents think? Those we basically all share. And what I learned is that it's not those uh, earth-shattering events, which all of us do seem to have in our lives, that really mm -hmm. stuck with me. It's the small things that now looking back really helped me become the person I am. And I think if people reading Life at 12 College Road, it helps them bring some of their own memories to life, then it really serves a purpose. And along the way, I mean, yes, there were police cars, ambulances, fires, but there were also small things and good things and, and dealing with relationships that were there that in a number of ways we all share. At the same time, many of my friends, when they, when they read the book, wondered how I could still be alive. So thankfully, I'm still here. Wow. Can, can you share with, uh, with me and, and the listeners um, maybe uh, an excerpt from one of the stories. Is it something you'd like me to read, or do you want me to just tell you one of the stories? Uh, your whichever's whichever's easier. Uh, for, well, I can I can tell you a, a, a short version of one of the stories where I am a little bit older, and it's called the air duct. And in our house where I grew up, there was the heating vent. And then I noticed that there was another vent which helped circulate the air so that it just was on the floor. I lifted off the little metal grate and I realized it was an incredible hiding place. I could hide things that I didn't want my parents to find. And what I didn't know is I went off to school and when I came home, my mother met me at the door and said she wanted to speak with me. Please see me in the living room. And so I was a little concerned, but I sat down on the couch and she began by letting me know that they had determined it was important to clean the furnace. And in doing so, they also thought that uh, all the uh, air ducts should be cleaned. And it was during that time when they were cleaning the air ducts that my mother said that she found some things in my room. And she went on to explain that she understood that boys will be boys and that, uh, let's just say that in there I had a pack of cigarettes, I had a can of beer, 
and I had my Playboy collection. Right. <laughs> and what she said to me, I always remembered, which was, honey, I'm concerned that you need to be aware that women really don't look like that. <laughs> and I don't want you to have the wrong impression. And I was 15 at the time, and I was thoroughly embarrassed. Uh, but later, after I was married and I was, at a, I was at a law conference in Las Vegas, and I remembered calling my mother and reminding her of the time when she sat down to tell me that women don't really look like what, how Playboy presents them. And I let her know that that may be true in general, but I found where they lived. <laughs> So that's just one of the stories. Of course, I shortened it because we're here. But mm -hmm. those are some of the events. And, and there were others of, of sneaking out or uh, going into the woods with my friends and the adventures on campouts. So it, it, it's, it's, it's a nice collection of, of stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great story. Um, it it kind of, like you said earlier, early on, it kind of takes you back to your uh, to your younger days and you, you start thinking about things that, you know, that happen as well. And as yeah. I was listening to you describe that, uh, I had all kinds of pictures pop into my head of different events and things that took place. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> it definitely does, uh, what it's supposed to do. It well, then that's good. I'm and, glad and to hear that. And revisit, uh, that part of, of your life. The interesting thing that I, that I find with, with your book you are taking the readers back to help them with their lives in the present and possibly in the future as well. That kind of ties into my podcast, you know, what I, what I try to do uh, in the podcast and, and, and what I do for the people that I help. Um, I, you know, my goal is to have people go back so they can move forward. Uh, and, and if they get disconnected from, from their, uh, from their little selves when they were a child and they had dreams and aspirations and they were excited about life to maybe uh, being in a very different place as an adult, supporting them in that journey back to reconnect with their little me. Yes. So that they can move forward and bring that little person with them on their new journey moving forward. Yeah, that, that's something that, that uh, I, like to, I like to say after writing the book, which was that our memories help shape who we are, but also who we will become. So in many ways, it's important to recall those memories. And many of them bring joy to our lives. Sometimes it brings sadness and tears and maybe anger. But all of that collectively makes us who we are. Mm -hmm. And so I, I totally agree with you. You know, when, when I look at what, what I'm doing with people and then I look at the book uh, of yours, Life at 12 College Road, it, it just kind of brings home the fact that you can't and you shouldn't forget your past, no matter how harsh it is, no matter how you know sad it may have been. Like you said earlier, we all have things in the past that were traumatic and that were very uh, hard to, to deal with. But it, it is what it is, and and you, like I said, you can't change that. But there is so much to learn from from going back and and Correct. remembering. 
so so you can make those changes you know and uh and and make things better as you move forward so yeah um, and i and i think that's important because i i i do believe that we need to be able to look back at our past and mm-hmm. then move forward absolutely we don't want to get stuck in the past but we need to understand what went on the good the bad the ugly the happy because it's really it it all comprises who we have become and what we do with that we can move forward with so yes I do Absolutely. Agree. Um, we're going to take a, a, a short, uh, short commercial break, sponsor break. Uh, so just hang in there with me just for a second. We're going to just sure. take a, a, a brief time out for a sponsor break and then we'll come back and we'll, and we'll continue on and, and finish up with you. So just uh, bear with me a second. And we'll be right back, folks. I want to welcome our latest sponsor to the Man at 50 podcast. The company's name is Pure Green, and they are one of the fastest growing juice and smoothie bar franchises in the U.S. They are taking on health straight on with some fantastic, uh, healthy, delicious products. So I would encourage you to check them out at puregreen.com. That's puregreen.com. And um, I am very happy to be uh, associated with the Pure Green family and very happy uh, that they are a sponsor of the show. And we are back from our sponsor break. You are listening to the Man at 50 podcast. I'm your host, Brad Richard, and we are speaking with Eric Mondeshen? Correct. Okay, good. Um, He is the author of the book, Life at 12 College Road. He is also uh, with the publishing company, Something or Other Publishing, and he is a contributing author to an anthology called 25 Servings of Soup. Soup standing for something or other publishing. So uh, his book and his website, along with that, uh, with that anthology, uh, 25 Servings of Soup, will be in the show notes. So you can connect with Eric and, um, and read, his, uh, read his great work. Well, we were before we went to break. We were talking about uh, his book, Life at Twelve College Road. Sounds like a terrific book. I haven't. Uh, we put together this interview with all three authors in a very short time frame, so I haven't had a chance to get any of these books. But uh, I definitely want to pick up a copy uh, of your book for sure. Well, I hope you do. I think you would enjoy it. Uh, from what you're, from what you've told me so far, I think uh, I think I really would. I've went back more than once. Uh, to my childhood, and uh, I, I had to uh, I had to go back for for various reasons, but there were things back there that I definitely needed to get a handle on and and uh, and understand the past. For me, the biggest thing about going back was to be one hundred percent responsible uh, for the things that happened to me and while i was living my life as a young person um, i had to be responsible for all of that i I didn't blame myself for the things that were done to me but i had to be responsible for all of it and and put myself in control of it moving forward so uh and, and that's that's tough to do to be responsible uh to take responsibility for for everything in our in our past, and to be um, to basically decide to uh, accept it, learn from it, and move forward. Yes. Um, but but 
pointing fingers and putting the blame or responsibility on anyone other than ourselves is is really a waste of mental energy, uh, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with you. At the same time, it's also we need to, we need to recognize that uh, at this stage of our lives, you can't go back and, and blame yourself. I mean, whether things happened or they didn't happen, yes, you acknowledge that you played a part, but you also sometimes don't have to take responsibility that things were out of your control, but you still have to recognize that those things happened. And in some ways, they still shape us as to who we are. And we can grow from them. And we can, we can, we can learn from them. Uh, and we can also recognize that some things, it's like, you know, I'm not ever going to have this happen to anyone again type of experience. Or these are the things that, that, that I enjoy and I want to be able to bring to others. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's, you know, life is something that uh, my mother told me. Life is life. It's neither fair or unfair. It's life. And it's never easy. And if we can grab on to those small little things that bring a smile to our face, whether it's helping someone, hearing a joke that is funny, you know, we, we grab on to those things. And it helps us get through the rest of the day because life is tough. I mean, it's life is not easy. And look what we're living through now. Oh, my word. Uh, I, I, I really feel for the young people today with what they're going through all over the world. So these are gonna be experiences that, that they're going to have to internalize and come to grips with because down the road, some 10, 20, 30, 40 years, they're still gonna be dealing with it. And, and, so, um, and, and how they deal with it. Exactly. Uh, emotionally and physically is, is super, super important. It could be really, really, uh, uh, productive or really, really uh, non-productive. It just depends yes. on how you know how uh, that particular generation deals with it. But yeah, it's uh, exactly. it's exactly. it's scary times for sure. I I'll, I can't speak for you, but I'll speak for myself. In in this time uh, that that we're going through right now, I've reached out to to my new my new friends and my new connections, my new family in the in the writing business in the literary mm -hmm. industry uh and other podcasters that i know and and other speakers that i know and i've kind of i personally have tapped in to like-minded people because you, you, you kind of need that you, you need yes. your tank you need to keep your tank full yes you, you do you never know how long the road's gonna be <laughs> no so, you don't so you got to keep mean, it t topped off yeah yeah, one of, one of the things I'll share is that, uh, you know, it, why I wrote this book was it wasn't something that I even thought of doing. Uh, I was at a writer's workshop, and I was in the middle of trying to put together this great adventure thriller, almost a, a, a spy kind of book. And I was involved in it, but I wasn't going anywhere. And I ended up deciding I better take a nap. And now, I don't know what you'd call that time, whether I was still asleep or whether I was at that point where I was just waking up. So it was either in that dream state. But what I remembered was that I was sitting at the dining room table where I grew up and I was alone. And all the other chairs, my dad, my brother, my mother's chairs, were all facing in with their backs of the chairs resting against the table. And I realized 
I was alone and that all of them have already passed on before me uh, in whatever adventure they're now pursuing, but that literally I was an orphan. I mean, even my dog was dead. And it was one of those uh, things that happened that once I woke up and was clear, it was like, I have got to write about my life at 12 College Road. And, wow. and that, that really was the impetus for my even writing, writing uh, the book. So I thought I would, I would share that with you. It was, it was quite a, now I've got a wonderful family. I've got grandchildren, a wonderful wife, but I was an orphan. I mean, even my younger brother has passed on. So it was, it was an interesting time. And so the other book, which is still on the shelf, and every once in a while the characters might call to me, but I, I just, that wasn't what I needed to write. And this one I felt compelled to write. So I did. Wow. That, uh, yeah, that, I, I guess it's, you know, when, when, the, when the time was right, you just knew, uh, you, you, it sounds like you kind of had a sign. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, I did as well with my autobiography. Uh, up to writing my first book, um, I probably had read in my en entire life maybe three books in 50 <laughs> years. Uh, I've read a lot more now since I wrote my my first one. Um, right. I, I've had people ask me, where did you come up with the title Man at 50? And I woke up with those three words in my head one morning and realized that I was acting and and participating in life as an adult for what to me was the first time in my life. I was actually living the life of an adult male. Mm -hmm. And that sounds strange, but you know, that's, that was my reality. Um, and those words, man at 50, were in my head upon waking up one morning. And I went, what in the world is that? And the dots fell into place. And I went, oh, that's what it is. That's mm -hmm. what I'm supposed to do. And so, uh, yeah, I, I kind of had that too. Um, and it's like, uh, and then after it was done, you know, the, the purging of information in my mind and in my subconscious mind, after it was done, it was like, whew, it was like a, a crash diet. You know, it was so much yes. stuff that I was able to, to get out. How did you feel when you were done with life at 12 College Road. Did you feel different once? It, it's, it's an interesting question because once I determined that I had to write the book and, and it was really, I mean, no one made me write it. I felt I had to. Right. Once I was done, I felt closer to my family than I've ever felt before. Uh, it may seem strange, but there was, uh, when I was 11, my mother, uh, was pregnant again, and she had a, a serious issue where she went into the hospital, she had the baby, but the baby only lived for a week. And his name was Jonathan, and he was my brother. But I have to tell you, the entire time I was writing this book, I felt that he was guiding me, if that makes any sense at all to you or your readers. But mm -hmm. I felt that he was there just encouraging me and pushing me forward. And 
and literally I, I felt close to my mom and my dad and my, both my brothers now that I hadn't before. And, you know, it's, it's, you go through life and you think everything's good. And you also find yourself at times weeping when, when you were younger and things happened that you didn't. And in writing the book, I found times I laughed out loud. I found times that it even brought tears to my eyes. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, writing that book, I felt different. It was a, it was a purge, a good purge. It was, it was, it, it was a, it was a very good purge. Tremendous. And it well, also helped, what it also did was it helped remind me of the good times I had with all of them. And sometimes we get caught up in some of the things that they, like one of them that my brother did, uh, that, that may have annoyed me. And that annoyance may have stuck longer than then when you go back and you're writing these short stories and you're thinking about them, you realize that out of a out of hundred things, maybe it was only one or two that really annoyed you. And the rest of it was pure joy. So focus mm -hmm. on the joy, not the, not the silly stuff, because it doesn't really matter. Exactly. Eric, it, it has been just, it's, it's amazing uh, to have you on, on the podcast. I've really enjoyed our visit. Uh, well, so I, wish it, I. I wish it, it could have been a little longer, um, but maybe we can always have you back uh, you know, I another be, time. I would be honored. This was really a joy for me too. Thank you. Okay. Uh, folks, we have been uh, speaking with Eric Munchen, right? Is, yes. Is, okay. <laughs> um, we're going to have uh, in the show notes uh, a way to connect with Eric uh, along with, uh, you know, giving you the opportunity to get a copy of, uh, of uh, his book, Life at 12 College Road. I'm going to get my copy of it. Uh, it, it. It sounds like an amazing, amazing book. Um, and so, Eric, once again, thank you so much for being on the Man at 50 podcast. Um, you and I will be in touch in the future. Um, but I, I just want to thank you. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful day. And I appreciate you giving my listeners uh, an absolute treat uh, wow. hearing your story and hearing about your book. Well, thank you. And it was an honor to be here. And it was an honor to have you. Thanks so much, Eric. Thank you. Bye for now. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Okay, folks, uh, that was Eric Munchen. And uh, while his, uh, his book sounds really exciting, uh, we've had two very uh, great, awesome authors on. Uh, let me go ahead and bring on our third author, Kate Seeger. And uh, Kate should be with us uh, on the line here shortly. I am unmuted now. Hello. Excellent. Hey, I can hear, hear you and see you. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the Man at 50 podcast. Great to have you on the show. Uh, like you know, uh, we're, uh, we talked to two other authors uh, with some, something or other publishing company. And uh, we spoke with Krista Lynn. Uh, and then right before you, we spoke with Aaron uh, or Eric uh, Monshan. Uh, and we talked about their books. And, uh, and so you like the grand finale of, of this episode uh, today. So welcome. Welcome to the, uh, the podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're you're welcome. Uh, it's been I, I've I've never done a a triple header uh, uh, when it comes to guests on the on the podcast. Uh, sometimes I struggle with one guest. So uh, <laughs> when I talked with Wade uh, Franson uh, about having three authors on, I went, hmm, that could be interesting. It's from a from a technical standpoint, but it, I think it's going just fine. And we're gonna have uh, pictures 
of book covers uh, that will be that will be published um, along with uh, headshots and photos. It'll be on um, my hosting page. So uh, it'll be on Anchor FM um, as well as on YouTube. And uh, we want to be able to reach as many listeners as possible because you guys have just been great. So welcome. And today, part of what we're going to talk about is your book, The Wood Witch's Daughter. Super cool name, title. Um, the, and the book cover is like, wow. <laughs> um, a great cover so, artist. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the cover is, uh, is amazing. And then, I mean, we'll talk about some other things as well um, to kind of let the listeners kind of get to know you, uh, get to know you a little bit. And uh, we'll be talking for about 20 minutes. So give us, give us a little backstory uh, or a little teaser, a trailer for uh, your book, The Wood Witch's Daughter. Um, the Wood Witch's Daughter is a young adult fantasy. It is high fantasy, so it's set in a completely different realm. Um, it's about a girl, probably around 20. We never actually learn her true age, but she is basically dragged across this magical veil into a land that is ruled by these fairy courts, which are a very stringent hierarchical system. And uh, yeah, she's trying to figure out why they brought her there and who she really is that they're so interested in bringing her across the veil and why they think she is part of this prophecy. Wow. There's a lot of coming of age going on and trying to find herself and all that. So it's, it's, uh, it's like an epic adventure book. Mm-hmm. With um, a little romance. <laughs> with a little romance in there too. You got to have that in there. Um, Always. <laughs> I, I noticed that looking at your website now, um, is, is, that, is that mainly the genre that you write in? Like, yeah, I'm primarily um, fantasy and young adult fantasy. Um, I do a little bit of horror on the side, but mostly fantasy. Okay, okay. Um, now, you talked about, I, I went to your website, and I, and I read through your bio and everything. Tell me about the part of the story, and maybe I'm getting my books, maybe I'm, I'm talking about a different book, but I think it's this one, The, the Woods Witcher's Daughter, about the, the two brothers or the two men that love the, 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 the girl that you talked about in the story? Arianette, yes. Um, yeah, there's two half-brothers, and one of them is the ruler of the Sky Court, which is one of the major fairy courts, and the other one is his half-brother, who is his main captain of his guard. And when Arianette gets brought across the veil, they both kind of take her under their wing, but they're extremely different. One of them is kind of a wayward lost soul, and the other one is a very diligent, militant kind of person and um yeah they're both drawn to Arianette and she's kind of placed in a position where she's torn over which if either of them she would be the best for her to be with and it results mm -hmm. in a lot of tension between the two brothers kind of drives them a wedge between them wow I, I just had a flashback um did you see the um it was either Netflix or Hulu but did you see the uh the TV show, uh, it was called Rain. Uh, Rain. Yes. I loved Rain, yes. Okay, Ma Mary Queen of Scots. <laughs> Mary Queen of Scots, yep. And because I just had a flashback to that series of, of Rain because she was in a similar situation uh, with, with uh, Francis, the king, her husband, and, and, yep. and his brother, mm -hmm. um, or his half-brother. And, and what you were describing, it's like, wait a minute. I've seen this scene before and I went, oh, that's where it was. So 
Yeah. yeah it's um, amazing how there's only so many plots in writing. <laughs> you can put your own spin on it, but. <laughs> right. But I mean, I mean, you know, every, every, even if the plot is similar, you know, the characters are different and the personalities are different, you know, but uh, so that in and of itself has, has been, people have seen that or experienced that before, you know, like I said, every character is different and uh, not it's very, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, I mean, it's an intriguing plot line and uh, people always like to see how that plays out, you know. Uh, they, they probably don't want to be in the middle of something like that because it'd be very stressful and very agonizing, you know, but uh, they kind of like to watch other people be in there and go, well, we'll see how they deal with it. I'm just glad it's not me. So uh, yeah, I like to torture my characters. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm in the middle of that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. What, what got you, I mean, this type of uh, epic adventure, the mystical fantasy, um, the woods and the witches and the sorcerers and kind of the, the prince and the princess type storylines. Was that something that you always, you've always loved that? Is that something you loved as a child or? I read Lord of the Rings. Of course, we're going to come to Lord of the Rings when I was maybe 12 or 13. Okay. And that sort of kicked off my uh, love for fantasy and it stayed with me. It's always been my preferred genre. Oh, okay. Game yeah. of Thrones pushed me a little farther into it because Game of Thrones, I was like, ooh, there's all this political intrigue in here. This makes it even better. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's something else that I that popped in my head when you were talking about that story. I mean, Lord of the Rings. I went, oh, okay, and I mean that's what I could relate to because uh, Lord of the Rings had had very similar um, ideas, concepts, uh, and. You know, when you talk about epic, uh, epic adventure, I mean, Lord of the Rings is about, you know, um, is about as adventurous as you can get. And that takes place in Middle Earth, which is an imaginary realm, like you said. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, in the book, did you have to create, since, it, since it's in a pretend land or in a pretend world, um, how, much of, how much of that did you have to create as far as the world that they lived in? I have a a world building obsession where like left to my own devices, I will just world build and not actually ever write the story. I have to like remind myself like you're writing a story here. You're not just building a world. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> there's a lot of world building in it. Like the cultures, there's a big divide between the fairy courts and the elves. And that was all, you know, I built the different cultures for the fairies and the elves. It's pretty much all manufactured, but it's a very like medieval England 1300s War of the Roses kind of setting. I just put my own twist on it. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, it sounds um, it, it sounds awesome. Um, I'm a I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. I didn't read the book, but I definitely saw the movie, <laughs> uh, the movies <laughs> and all of them. So uh, yeah, my previous guest when I was talking with Eric, uh, and I I told him that I'm uh, I'm not a avid reader, and I definitely don't read long long, long book. For the Rings is long. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, did you, uh, were, were you a contributing author to the anthology, The 25 Servings of Soup? I was. My story, Echoes, which was a retelling of the Greek myth of Echo and Narcissus, was included. Okay, okay, super. Yeah, because we're going to have, 
we're going to have a link to that book as well as a link to your website, you know, in your book uh, in the show notes for all three authors. And I was pretty sure that you were part of, of that as well. Um, I definitely want to get my hands on the 25 servings of soup because uh, Crystal Lynn, Eric, and you are all in it. <laughs> so everyone's stories were so good. I was so impressed when I got it and got to read everyone else's. <laughs> oh, it, I, I think it would, I mean, and for me, I, I tend to, I overthink stuff, you know, un, like you can't even imagine. <laughs> and so the short stories or the, or, or the shorter content for me is best because I can absorb it, take it in and gain from it and gain value, but then learn and then move on to, you know, to the next mm -hmm. thing. It's, I, I have a hard time following something that goes on and on and on and on and on. I do a lot of short story writing for that reason because it's yeah, very rewarding I, to just finish a small piece and get that little glimpse without having to carry through for days and days oh absolutely i think short stories are um, i mean i think they're they're perfect for today's chaotic lives that everyone's living you know because it's like i don't know i don't know about you uh i don't have time for a thousand page you know like the stephen king book um mm -hmm. you know I, I i mean i just don't don't and a lot of, a lot of us even though a lot of us are home still and working from home you know i think the short stories are perfect perfect way Absolutely. to kind of jump in and, and get a perspective and then and then move on with with something else well can you tell me about we have a few we have a few more minutes left with you and i think um, my dog wants to be on your show too <laughs> oh well yeah the listeners can't the listeners can't see him but uh he looks like a great uh, yellow lab <laughs> he's actually a german shepherd mix <laughs> oh a german she german shepherd mix okay pretty yeah. dog she's very anyway. jealous of yeah. i'm talking to you now. <laughs> She's not camera shy. She's in the camera, folks. Okay, that's good. <laughs> anyway. Tell us about, uh, can you tell us about, now, what was the name of the book that you wrote before The Wood Witch's Daughter? A prequel. I wrote a prequel novella called Red Rain, which okay. basically takes place in the same world. Um, it's a much shorter piece, but it takes place in the same world, but it kind of shows what the world is like on the side of the veil that Arianette is from, like before she crosses over into the ethereal realms. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a, she, you catch a glimpse of Arianette at the end, but she's like a very small child then. So it's like a generation before it takes place. Um, and it's a, a stable boy and a princess. And the princess has a curse, which if it's discovered, they will kill her. So she, she flees to try to find the wood witch to break the curse. And the stable boy who's loved her since he was a child, kind of princess bride feel, mm -hmm. goes along with her to to protect her. A lot of <laughs> it sounds like you have a lot of chival chivalry uh, in in your books. Yeah, they sound they sound great. Now, how this is just a personal question for me. How long is the Wood Witch's daughter? The Wood Witch's daughter is fifty six thousand words, so it's only about two hundred and sixty pages. It is a young adult novel, so it is geared towards like late teens mm -hmm. um so it's not it's not super it's not a lord of the rings that's for sure oh okay <laughs> um, 264 pages it is the first book of a series the second book will be released in november so how many books total have you published the wood witch's daughter is my first full-length novel i published a novella and i'm in several anthologies probably i think eight total anthologies with short pieces oh, cool. um yeah. <laughs> yeah. For for me, um, like I said, bite sized you know, bits of information and, and knowledge and enjoyment and learning and stories and stuff. I will definitely be checking out 
all those, uh, all those short stories that you have put in there for sure. Cause I, you know, I like the genre that you write in the adventure and the excitement possibilities, the, um, the relatable connections between real world and fantasy, but how they connect and how we can learn from both. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely check that out Great. in the last, in the last few minutes that we have with you, cause we're fixing to come up uh, right to the end here. So tell me and the listeners a little bit about, uh, and I did this with uh, Crystal Lynn uh, and Eric as well. And actually, I, I, I kind of do it with all my guests on the podcast. Tell us a little bit about your childhood and uh, what you're comfortable with. You know, did you want to be a writer uh, as a child? Did you want to do something different as a child? Tell us a little bit uh, about that, if you could step back for, for a little bit with us. Yeah, um, well, I, I was born and raised in New York, and I'm still here. <laughs> um, not going anywhere, I guess. Um, and I have always wanted to be a writer. My mother used to take my notebooks away from me at the dinner table when I was a kid because we would, she'd say, you need to have family conversation and not be writing your stories <laughs> at the dinner table. I was firmly convinced through middle school and high school that I was just going to be a best-selling author, and that was it. I was never going to need another job, and that was just what was going to happen. I went to school for creative writing. And I quickly realized that becoming a best-selling author is not quite as uh, <laughs> as easy as it sounds. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I did get a day job, but I continued following my dream. And I am one day, maybe I will be a bestseller. <laughs> yeah. And I've just, I've always, writing has always been my passion. I really can't function as a human being if I'm not writing. Like if I don't have time to write, I'm pretty much miserable. <laughs> it's definitely my thing. Yeah. Well, that's when I spoke with uh, Crystal Lynn, she too, uh, she had always wanted to be a writer and she is doing what her little me wanted to do when she was a little girl. And so, uh, you know, I, uh, I find, I respect that. I think it's super commendable. It's, it's what I advocate and that's what I help my clients do. That's what I speak about, you know, and you are another example, just like her, where you, you are living your dream. It's like, this is what I always wanted to do. And you know, in your heart that when you write, your soul is an eagle and you're happy and you're excited and you get the face tingles and you know that you are doing what you are meant to be doing. If you go through those physical changes and, you know, and, and, and it, you know, that you're doing what, you, what you're supposed to do. Um, exactly. Especially if you can't wait to get back to it. If you have to do something uh, that's like, oh, and you get that done so you can get back to writing or I sit at my day job with my little pen and I'm jotting notes on the side. <laughs> exactly. And that's really Uh, an important message that I want the listeners to understand. You know, uh, listeners, I have been, this is what I talk about on the Man at 50 podcast, this very thing. Uh, It's a super powerful message that is nothing but beneficial to people. Find what Kate has found in her life as an author. She dreams about it. Uh, She gets sidetracked. She is constantly thinking about how she could create and, and restructure and change things around to, to make it better and uh, to make it more exciting. And it's, and I mean, she's, she's living what she was meant to do. And, uh, 
whether you become a best-selling author, um, I knew that my autobiography uh, was not written to be a bestseller. It was written to purge and to make and to help me make the transition from an adult child to an adult male. And that's the reason uh, that I wrote it. And, and it, I, I wrote it for a specific reason, well, for two reasons. And I've covered those on the show, so I won't go through those again. But I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and what I absolutely love to do, what I dreamed about doing as a child. Um, I'm doing it as well as, as you are. Yeah, and, and um, people want to write to the trends or what's popular, and that's just not the way to go about it. Write what impassions you, write the stories that you want to tell, not what somebody else says you should be writing because it's popular right now. Yeah, I feel it, like there's a lot of pushback from that in the writing industry. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think it's super important for authors to yeah be be true to themselves, write what they're passionate about. If it's their personal story, then get it out there, share it, be vulnerable, give value to other human beings by sharing your story with them and be authentic and say, this is what happened. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing now. And if you can benefit from my experiences and my life, I pray that you will benefit from it, move on and, uh, and continue to, to just be who you are. And uh, yeah, I don't, I didn't write, I mean, I didn't write my, my book because it was popular or it was the right genre and it was, you know, it was the best category or anything like that. There's so many memoirs and biographies out there that I didn't write mine to compete for, you know, for sure. It was, uh, it, it was a transition and it was important for me to get it out there. And now I'm like, I'm living what I wanted to do and I'm doing what I wanted to do as a child. Um, actually, I wanted to be Elvis as a child. <laughs> uh, little Brad wanted to be Elvis and I wanted to be a singer. I wanted and to be a fairy, so I guess I'm sort of doing it. <laughs> you want, I'm say, I say that, I'm sorry, say that again. I wanted to be a fairy, so I guess I'm sort of doing it. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, I write um, about fairies. <laughs> well, and that, and that's, you know, that's the point when it comes to, I mean, I gave up on the music industry for various reasons and, and I really didn't want as I grew older, I, I realized I didn't really want to be in the music industry, but I wanted to work with people, entertain people, make them laugh, make them cry. And as a speaker, writer, mentor, podcaster, I can do those same things today in the, in the avenues that I just mentioned or, or mm -hmm. you know, using those tools. And so I am doing what I wanted to do as a young person. And I do have some music, you know, at the beginning of the podcast, that's the end of the podcast. So music is still a big part of my life, obviously. You know, you wanted to be a fairy. You had the thoughts of the whimsical and the fantasy world. And as an adult, that's still applicable for you. That's still real for you. And you're, you're living out that childhood idea. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that is, I mean, that empowers you as an adult. There's a lot of adults that don't have that. It's like, ah, I, you know, I don't want to do that or I can't do that because that would be childish or, or that's, that would be silly if I did that as an adult now. And it's like, no, 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 no. You have to bring your childhood to the present and you, and you do have to live as a child. Sometimes you have to reconnect with that little person. You've connected with your little, your, your little Kate, you connected with her and, and uh, I can see that she's with you every day. 
and I commend you and respect you and, and honor you for that. That is, that is terrific. It really is great to see that. So any, 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 you bet. Any last words? Uh, because we need to wrap up here. Um, just uh, anything else you'd like to tell the listeners before I let you go? Um, I don't think so. Um, thank you so much for having me. It was, this was actually my first ever radio kind of experience. So I'm pleased that you have me here today. Awesome. Well, hopefully I was, a, <laughs> was an easy host and an easy interviewer. Yeah. <laughs> I, try to, I try to keep it real casual. You, you provided great value for the listeners and I really appreciate you being on the podcast and, and we'll be in touch, you know, in the future. Uh, I'm going to be working with the some, uh, something or other publishing company um, and having some of their authors on because everybody's story, I think no matter what genre it is in, everybody's story and reasoning for, for writing can benefit my listeners and can benefit all the little me's that are out there, in my opinion. So thank you so much for being on the show. All right, folks. Well, we're going to... Um, we're gonna let uh, we're gonna let Kate go. Thanks again, and we're gonna wrap it up. And uh, we'll talk soon. So uh, bye for now, Kate. Thank bye, you. Thank you. You bet. Bye bye. All right, everybody. Um, that was Kate Seeger, the author of The Wood Witch's Daughter, and we talked to uh, Eric Manchin, the author of Life at Twelve College Road, and Krista uh, Lynn Vitovich, and she is an author of multiple different books, but all of them did a short story in the anthology, The 25 Servings of Soup, The 25 Servings of Soup. So in the show notes, Crystalline, uh, Eric, and Kate, their information will be in the show notes, as well as a link to the anthology, The 25 Servings of Soup, and uh, we'll put the, all the links in the show notes. So um, we're going to wrap it up for today. This, uh, this episode of the Man at 50 podcast has been a fully packed episode. So thank you for joining me and my three guests and my three authors. And until next time, take care of yourself. Love your little me. And remember, they're always with you. Hang in there. And bye for now. This has been the Man at 50 podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Join us next week for our next episode and our next guest on the show. Visit us on the web at www.bradrichard.net. That's www.bradrichard.net. Until next time, take care.